0: When I get that call, first call I'm making, I got to call my parents. And I mean, it's just going to be, I don't know, a dream, you know? Long with a fly ball
1: out towards the left field corner, going back his hill, it's over his head, and it's gone! I'm C. Trent Rosecrans, and this is Great American Dream, the story of the minor leagues, told through the eyes of Red second-base prospect Shed Long. More than 300,000 people will pay to watch the Pensacola Blue Wahoos play this season. Shed Long is being paid to watch the Blue Wahoos, Getting paid to do something is better than paying to do something, right? Not for Shed. Not when you're a baseball player and you're not playing baseball. Earlier in August, I sat in the dugout at Blue Wahoo Stadium with Shed. The rest of the team took batting practice without him. Did some fielding drills, but because he was on the disabled list with a hand injury, he couldn't play. He hopes to return soon. I talked to him the other day, and he's back swinging the bat. The doctor said there's no fracture on the hamate bone in his right hand, which is good. Last year, he had surgery on his left hand to repair a fracture of the hamate bone. While the feeling was similar this time, the injury isn't as severe. Shed said he's not exactly sure what happened. It probably wasn't just one play, but an accumulation of things. He played through pain through a series in Birmingham near friends and family. But when the team went to Tennessee, he was seen by a doctor and hasn't played a game since.
0: What I think about is the last game in Birmingham, I had a, uh, I had a broken bat hit. So, I might have aggravated it on that broken bat just because of where I keep the bat in my hand. The knob is right there on the handmade bone because I put my hand out over the knob. So, it might have been that, that broken bat and that, that vibration might have aggravated that handmade bone. Or, I had a, um, I had a pop slide at it. And when you pop slide, you know, you put your hand down to brace yourself and I always put my right hand down. It's not a good habit, but that's just the way it is when you're pop sliding. So it was either one of those, I feel like, that, that kind of jammed it or aggravated it because, I mean, I didn't feel it the rest of the game, and then like once I took the tape off and started letting that blood flow really good, it started getting sore on me. It couldn't have happened at a worse time. Those struggles that the
1: plate had suffered since coming up to Pensacola seemed to be subsiding. It hits in each of the five games in Birmingham, including two doubles. He was hitting so well, and then, well, there was that pain. He talked to R- Barry Larkin, the Reds legend and a mentor, about playing through
0: it. I mean, I even, I even talked to uh, Larkin about that. Because, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I don't know if I want to sit out. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm starting to feel back how I was mid season. I mean, this is the worst time. But, you know, I mean, injuries happen. It's a part of the game. So, you know, the biggest thing was to just accept it, rehab it, do what I need to do to get back healthy, and come back stronger than ever.
1: Last year, Long played the final month of the season with a similar injury in his other hand. He had offseason surgery and was fine by the time of spring training. That experience is helping him stay positive right now. He hopes to return to the field this week. But the rest of the time, it's been that time. Time away from the game, time away from doing what he loves. Sure. He may have the best seat in the house during games. The game that I went to, he sat next to hitting coach Gookie Dawkins for pretty much the entire game. He was the first to congratulate his teammates when they came off the field, but he still wasn't on the field. He was with them, but not one of them, even though he sat there in uniform.
0: Even Nick and I, we were talking. That's Nick Senzel he's
1: talking about, his teammate at both Daytona and Pensacola this year.
0: And he's like, dude, like how tough is it for you to sit here and watch, you know, and I mean. I mean, I just can't explain the feeling, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's boring, honestly, because, I mean, it's like at every moment, you like, when there's a big situation, you're like, oh, I want to be in that situation right now. There's, you know, bases loaded, one out. You're like, oh, I want to be playing now because I want a ground ball to be able to turn a double play, turn a big double play or something like that, you know.
1: There's a strange dichotomy to injuries. You have to stay positive, but you also have to respect the injury. Players are supposed to play through the pain, but not play through injuries. This year in the big leagues, Scott Schebler played through a shoulder injury and struggled for more than a month before he told anyone. That's the playing through the pain, the mentality that you're supposed to suck it up. But in retrospect, it nagged at Schebler that he didn't put his team in the best position to win. It's a double-edged sword. Play and don't perform, and you hurt yourself and your team. Don't play, and some see you as weak. In baseball, and every other sport, injuries happen. Some are mundane, some are sickening, but any one could become a big deal, a life-altering deal.
0: It really makes you cherish when you do play, you know? Because, I mean, it really, for me, in my mind, it really makes me think, you know, you can't take any opportunity for granted, Mm -hmm. you know? Every, Every time I'm able to step in between those lines, it's a blessing and I really have to give it all I got. Cause I mean, who knows? I mean, it could have been something different in my hand and they say, you might not be able to play again, you know? You never know when it's gonna be a last game. And you really get that feeling when you get injured and then you have to watch, you know? And so, you know, you, you start to just really figure out that you really have to take value in every opportunity that you get to play. Because, I mean, never knowing it's going to end, you never know what can happen, you know?
1: You've still got that, though. I mean, you've got, I don't know, is it, on one hand, you want to think that way, but the other hand,
0: you can't think that way on the field. No, I mean, you know, when you lace up, when I lace up my cleats, I just, you know, I think in my mind, This might be the last time I lace him up. Lace him up and let's go do what you gotta do, you know? And, I mean, that's just how it is, and that's what I've been taught. And, you know, I mean, that's really how I wanna play. I'ma play hard, I'ma give it all I got.
1: Bryson Smith lived that same mantra on the field.
0: The Reds took Smith in the
1: 34th round of the 2011 draft out of the University of Florida. That was the same draft the team took Robert Stevenson, Amir Garrett, Sal Romano, Tony Sangrani, and Steve Selsky. That year, Smith made the all-tournament team at the College World Series, and as a senior hit 328 for the Gators, hitting in each of his last 15 games of the year. Despite his low draft position, Smith continued to hit when he got into pro baseball. He hit 368 his first year, 310 his second, and was hitting 275 in AA his third year. I'll write Red's Prospect Reports for Baseball America, the baseball magazine that covers the minors and amateur baseball i'll often call or text jeff grappe the reds director of player development and ask who i should write about i remember in 2013 he told me that bryson smith was a great story he was really hitting the ball was a good all-around player and someone the organization was really high on someone who had a chance to be a big leaguer just before my deadline smith got hurt
2: you know things things were going really well for me uh, i was playing well.
1: That's Smith when I talked to him recently.
2: Well, I had a lot of a lot of my successes I basically have had my entire life other than one year in college when I was also hurt. Um, you know, kinda of fed into that and I you know, I was I was confident. I wasn't cocky but I was definitely confident in my abilities and um, you know, I was comfortable on the field where I was at, I was comfortable hitting anywhere. You know, I I just was really confident And when you take some time off from baseball I think the hardest hit is not to your ability. I think it's just more to your, you know, confidence in yourself. Like, hey, I can be the same guy or I am the same guy. You know, that's that was what the hardest part was. And I wouldn't say I completely lost it, but it definitely, you know, I wasn't the same guy physically that I was before. It was –
3: because it was robbing a grand slam,
2: wasn't it? That you got yes, hurt? it was. Um, let's see. The bases were loaded. I actually – I can remember this play as, you know, it's ingrained in my brain. Uh, I uh, bases are loaded. I was in right field, and for some reason, I was playing this guy pretty short. Um, and, you know, he crushed the ball over right my head, and I was full tilt, full speed, kind of at an angle. Um, and, you know, I, I've always kind of been the football mentality type player, like just get everything you got towards the ball and, you know, whatever happens happens. Just do everything you can to try to make the play. And for me, as an outfielder, that's what I love doing, seeing what all I could go catch. Um, And I'll never forget, there was just something weird as I was running towards this ball full speed. I was like, this doesn't feel right. I jumped, and when I jumped, um, my foot, like all it happened at once, I kind of hit it at just enough of an angle for my Spikes to get caught in the old padded wall, and it just it tore it from there and broke all the bones. Um, and I don't know if you can call this luckily, uh, but the doc said, Luckily, my leg broke instead of my knee tearing. So I guess there's a little bit of a blessing in
3: disguise.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll try to be a positive. You know, I'm a positive guy, so I'll try to think,
3: Hey, you know what? At least I didn't have the torn ACL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. that That is quite the positive spin there, man. Yeah. And
2: then, well, I guess, yeah. And I caught the ball. So I was saying this. I caught the ball and, you know, instant shock, pain, everything hit me. And I was laying on my back like I got to get the ball in because there was, I, for some reason, I was either one out or zero out, I can't remember, getting in the inning. I tried to get up from my butt, and obviously I couldn't stand up. And I just – Pushed up, fell right back down, and just threw it in off my butt. Um, and rolled over, looked up, and I remember looking. I will forever remember this little kid's face. I don't know his name or anything, but I just remember looking up, and he was like looking at me with his mouth wide open. And uh, I was like, "Whatever you do, don't say cuss words. Like, just try not to cuss, so this kid doesn't, doesn't like forever remember this old red-haired kid sitting in the outfield screaming his face off, cussing. So. That's all I remember. And then I, I remember the ambulance ride and all that kind of stuff. So.
1: That game was June fifteenth, two 2013. The Blue Wahoos lost 6-2. to The Mobile Bay Bears had already scored two runs in that inning. One would score on what went down as a sacrifice fly in the box score, and then another after Smith left the game. The batter who hit the sacrifice fly was outfielder Justin Green. I looked up his stats for that year. Yeah.
3: Um, oh, I was looking it up. The guy who hit it, Justin Green, had one homer that year.
1: Did he really?
2: <laughs> yeah. Look that <didn't> two. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Stuck to> suck the <laughs>
2: suck. Oh, no, man. Oh, oh wow. man. Sorry, good night two. <laughs> see, I, see, that's my, my competitor's guy coming out of me. That's funny.
1: It sucked worse for Smith. He'd missed the rest of that season. He had surgery to try to fix his broken leg. He was back for the start of the spring training the next year, but in 2014 he played just 58 games and required a second surgery. He hit two seventy four in 51 games between Pensacola and A Louisville in 2015, but in 2016 he hit just one hundred eighty one and the Reds released him after the season.
2: I was never going to give up just because I felt like if I was 62 years old and <laughs> I was sitting in a chair and I was looking back and I... I would have told myself, well, maybe the next day I would have, you know, figured it out or whatever. I So I needed somebody to tell me, uh, you know, your time is done. Honestly, I prayed for it for the longest time. Like, hey, if this is my time, just let me know. You know, that's all I, I have. Some answer, some way, this needs to be it. Uh, um, and thankfully, I was lucky and fortunate enough to get that answer at a good time. I mean, I have nothing but the utmost respect for, you know, Jeff and all those guys and, uh, you know, the way that they handled it was first-class professional. So, I mean, it was, like I said,
3: that's why I think I'm at peace with this whole
2: process.
3: So you are at peace. I mean, it was... Yes, yeah, it was yeah for sure.
2: It was, uh, like I said, I could just feel it physically. It, it wasn't, like, I wasn't the same physically. Um,
3: mm-hmm. Not saying
2: that I wasn't strong enough or whatever, but, like, just just couldn't... You know, baseball is kind of one of those things where you take time off, it's really hard to get back into it, and unfortunately for me, it was, I just took way too much time off, with too many injuries, and just
3: could uh, right.
1: Nobody had to tell Bo Lanier his career was done. Like Smith, Lanier is from Athens, Georgia. Unlike Smith, he made a wise decision and went to the University of Georgia instead of the University of Florida. That kid, but really, nobody looks good in those Florida colors. I covered Bo, who was then just a small middle infielder for Clark Central, when I was the preps editor at the Athens-Banner Herald in Athens, Georgia, in my first job out of college at UGA. Even to this day, I remember a game in 2000, where he broke up Tommy Wilson's no-hitter in extra innings to lead his team to a win over their crosstown rivals.
2: I remember that game, when Tommy had that no-hitter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But you won, right?
2: We did. I was the one who got the hit. to <laughs> break up the no-hitter. I remember, I remember it well. I mean, I'm good friends with Tommy, and uh, so we we talk about that game every every now and then. But uh, yeah, still remember Tommy had the curveball working that day. He threw it on a full count. It was he was tough. But uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it it, it wasn't just uh, you know on your end of things. It was on mine too. So I always you know I, I did it, and and I was a good player and everything. But I just never. Really saw saw the next step, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really until my senior year that I, yeah, I hit a gross spurt, and uh, and the velocity just, you yeah, always had a good arm, but it wasn't anything uh, great, uh, but just the miles per hour, just it was weird, uh, and I promise I didn't do anything, because <laughs> it was all natural, just the long talk and everything, but it just kind of came um, overnight. And so how I got the chance to play uh, Georgia was we, you know, we played the annual game out. I assume they still do this at, uh, at Foley where, you know, Clarkson will play Cedar Shoals, And I, and I pitched that game and, um, you know, coach Polk and coach Furness saw it. And so I just got the opportunity to, to play at Georgia as, as a pitcher. That was the other thing. I just, I, I've never had a pitching lesson or, or, or lesson or anything. Um, I just, kind of did it, but I was always a, a middle infielder, lead off hitter, and that's, you know, kind of kind of what I did,
3: and mm-hmm.
2: but it, it was, uh, they said, you know, you might have an opportunity to, to pitch to the next level, so I said, okay. Um, but even when I got to Georgia, you know, my freshman year, I found another you know, five miles an hour, and then from uh, freshman to sophomore year, there was another three miles an hour there. It, just, it kept coming. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was weird how that just um, kind of happened overnight.
1: In 2007, when I was covering the Reds for the Cincinnati Post, I was in Sarasota in spring training walking towards the backfields when I heard, hey Trent, it was Bo. He was waiting from the line for his physical. The Reds drafted him in the 10th round of the 2005 draft. He'd pitched in Dayton in 2006, putting up a 3 3 ERA with nine saves and 49 games for the Dragons. Lanier, even though he didn't know it at the time, was entering his last year of professional baseball
2: well it it started in in spring training the last year i was having uh, a lot of arm problems and it was just Mm -hmm. every time i threw a pitch uh it was like somebody you know stabbed my elbow but uh i just kind of played through it and uh it probably wasn't the right thing to do but um Anyways, early on it was just it, it was tough. I and mean, just when you're out there pitching and you're in, in pain, you're not even thinking about the pitch you're throwing or the hitter you're facing. And you're thinking, "I really don't want this to hurt," and so it's it's uh, it's, it's no fun. Um, but I think my last outing, I might have thrown 12 straight balls, and I don't know that one got to the plate because I mean oh it was yeah, I mean it, it was like trying to throw the ball. You know, 300 yards. That—that's that, what the plate looked like. It was—it seemed so far away, and it was just—I uh, couldn't—I uh, couldn't do it. So I just—I remember Chris Cross, a, the the catcher coming out there, and he was like, "You're all right I was like, "Man, I'm done." He was like, "Are you done? You're done." I was like, "I'm done." He goes, "Oh," <laughs> like that kind of done. Um, so it was just bad. I mean, I just—you know—I'm 24 at the time. And it was just the the wrong time to have an injury, and i was gonna I would probably miss you know majority of that season and if, if you're in high a and you're twenty four years old and it's just not you know it's just not gonna work um and so that's when i i let the Cincinnati brass know everything, and uh we kind of had to go back and forth on a few things. allowed me to join the, the volunteer retired list and uh, you know kind of wish me well. So it's, uh, it's all all good and uh, I was able to go back to to Georgia and graduate and I worked that into my contact too because so they paid for school and everything so it all, all ended up working out.
1: Bo's now 34 and the father of twins with another baby on the way in September. He lives in the Atlanta area and he works in the medical equipment sales something he's done since going back and getting his degree after his playing career was done. A four-year player at Georgia, he was close to his degree when he signed. It's standard for players to get the rest of their education paid for after they're drafted. Shedd has it in his contract that the Reds will pay for four years of college when he's done playing. Lanier took advantage of that, and ten years later, he's a regular guy who happens to have lunch with his old teammate Jay Bruce every time the former Red is in Atlanta, or Dallas when Bo lived there, and he's coaching his son's t-ball team
2: seems like it was another life it's it, you know i'm so focused on and, and you know about what i'm doing now and then family and you know, the little kids and everything so it's it's a it's a distant memory it's always i guess it's always part of you and mm-hmm. uh and um and you're always introduced that way even though when people introduce you kind of forget you ever did this stuff but um you're always you always have that label You know, especially growing up in Athens, if you meet somebody, if somebody introduces you, you you'll be introduced as somebody who played baseball at Georgia or whatever. So it's it's always it's going to follow follow me the rest of my life, which is a good thing because it's opened up so many doors. Um, But but you're right, it, it was it was a long time ago, and the memories are a little a little fuzzy now.
1: Even so, he still has a connection to the game. He played not just with Bruce but also the likes of other players still in the big leagues like Johnny Cueto, Justin Turner, Chris Heisey, and Homer Bailey. He, Cueto, and Bruce went out a couple years ago when Lanier found himself in Cincinnati for work. The three laughed and told the story of when Cueto and Bruce were called up from Class A Sarasota to A Chattanooga. Athens is between the two spots, so as the two future big league all-stars and millionaires drove to Tennessee, they stayed at Lanier's parents' place to spend the night for free rather than spend money on a hotel.
2: They, they stopped in Athens on the way to Chattanooga, and uh, and we stayed there, and we put Cueto on a blow-up mattress in the basement, but we didn't know at the time it had a hole in it, so the next morning, Cueto's sleeping on,
3: <laughs> on a flat
2: blow-up mattress.
1: Those guys moved on. Lanier did, too, just differently.
3: Well, I think we all kind of go through our own paths, and we all do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think... Do you look back and say, I'm glad I did this. Yeah. I'm glad I did this. Absolutely. Uh, it,
2: it has opened um so many doors. I mean just uh, – the uh, and not not just uh, you know, doing that, but it it's helped you with other things. If you always talk about I mean not just in college, but in time management and um and all that stuff, but it it's helped me in my career because of the time management aspect, but also working with the team and you know, showing self initiative—that you know you have to do your job—it's it's all those uh, things that you learn, and you can use that in whatever career you just you choose. Um, but, but no, the experience was was unbelievable. I, I wouldn't trade that for for anything, and, and uh, the people that I met and the. Um, yeah, the, the relationships I've formed. I mean, I, I can turn on the TV, and um, it's yeah. You know, some of the people, because I'm getting older, are starting to fall off. But for a while there, there wasn't a, a, a team. Uh, there wouldn't be a game that's playing where I didn't know or play against somebody on either team. So, uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade that for anything. It was a,
3: a unbelievable experience. Um, was there like? I don't know. Was there, I don't know if this is quite the right term, but was there a morning period where, where you, you felt like I can't believe it's over? A, a little bit,
2: um, and I—I had—I don't know. Do you remember Marshall Zabo? Do you remember him at all? He yeah, he was a second yeah. second base in Georgia, and yeah, he's one of my little guy, my right? Best. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So he's a um, yeah switch switch hitter. He he played in the Indians organization and everything, so I. We we used to talk about this all the time because we so Marshall, uh, Michael Heil, who was a pitcher uh-huh. of Georgia, he was with the Marlins and the Cubs, and, and myself, we all went back to Georgia at the same time. So we all, our, our playing days were over, and we all went back to, uh, to Georgia to graduate at the same time. So we used to have those conversations a lot. And uh, I, I think sometimes when you remove yourself or you're not playing anymore, all you think about is, is playing or you think about the guys that you missed and all that and time time kinda heals you um, on just everything else like the bus rides and all the politics associated with it and all that stuff. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing, it's just it's just the way it is, the business. Right. Um and uh so sometimes you forget that and it's like man, what did I do? I should have just stayed with it but you know, sometimes you got to take a step back and be like, no, this is the best thing for me. You know, just, I I can say I I enjoyed the, enjoyed the ride while it lasted, but it, it, it it was time to turn the page. So I did have a little bit of that. I think Marshall did too. I think Kyle did as well, and maybe everybody does. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I I was able fortunately to, uh, to, to turn that page, But, well, that being said, that being said, I mean, I still feel it. I still feel at home on on the baseball shows. It's so weird that I, you know, I'm not doing. Any, I mean, even though I've gotten so many calls that, you know, come play in this adult baseball league, you know, so Uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, I'm not hating on people who do. I'm just saying I'm not doing that. But uh, but I, you know, I went out and I, I coached my four year old, you know, t- uh, son, ball team and everything. So. Still being on the field, I I do feel feel at home there. Everything It's like I said, it's always a part of you. But uh, you know, I was I was able to
3: move on to the next chapter. And your arms okay to throw to the to your style? I can
2: still do that. I mean, I still feel it every now and then if I'm like cranking, you know, turning the key to cranking the car. I can still feel it. Or some days it's the weather or just all that stuff. If I try to, I mean, if I went out and try to dial it up and throw it, I would definitely feel it. But uh, as far as playing catch and everything, it's all good. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to try to blow up by my four-year-old son, so yeah, it's just a wrist just
1: lick. Things are a little tougher for Smith. The wound's fresher. Smith is back in Athens. He has his degree from Florida in criminology with a minor in chemistry. At one point, he thought his post-playing career would be as a lawyer, then pharmacist. Now he's looking at going to school to become a physician's assistant. He needs two more classes to fill the prerequisites for PA school. So he's getting those classes in, and he's also coaching 13- and 14-year-olds in Atlanta.
2: Enjoying my summer for the first time in my life.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess
3: that's uh, that's true. It is uh, different. Um,
2: I, yeah.
3: I mean, have you ever had a, a summer?
2: Uh, I mean, other than like a week or two you know, outside of college, uh, I really have not had a summer in a long, long time. You know, in high school, we'd have high school baseball would bleed into summer football camp, so we had maybe a week. Um, and then in college, college baseball you play all the summer, so that's gone. And then in pro ball, you play it in every day throughout the summer, so it's uh, it's been kind of nice to just you know do whatever I wanted to do during the summer when it's nice to get out.
3: Huh. That's uh. It's a different thing. I guess most people don't think about that. But, um,
2: <laughs> I never really did until I was done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So, has that first year been weird? Um, yes.
2: Yeah, it has. Um, I I was kind of at peace with it. I uh, know it's kind of weird to say, but through all the after my big injury that I had, you know, with the ankle mm-hmm. and everything, um, it was tough. Initially, to not to realize I just wasn't the same athlete uh, that I used to be on the field, and that was really hard initially. But you know, as you kind of grow up, you kind of realize there's more important things in life than you know a performance from seven to ten o'clock every night. Um, you know, there's other ways that you know you can find yourself or find makes yourself valuable. Um, and so when I when I first heard the news and when I first talked to Jeff, uh, you know, it kind of struck. No, I mean. Anytime that happens to anybody, it's definitely going to be different and kind of unfriendly feelings at first, but I mean, honestly, I was at peace with it, uh, and it, it kind of gave me a direction as to, you know what, I gave it I gave it all I could, and you know, this is the next step of my life, so it, it wasn't too bad. Uh, really, the hard thing is this thing, going back to
3: school, man. I haven't been back to school in forever.
1: <laughs> he still checks out his friends on TV. Since Steve Selsky's wedding, so when Selsky now in the minors with the Red Sox, started the season in the majors with Boston, Smith would check in. He still watches to see how his old teammates are doing, checking out the red scores, box scores, and highlights, but he still can't bring himself to watch the games live.
2: I could only watch it at and then like I wouldn't pay attention. I wouldn't care about the game. You know what I mean? So
3: that was yeah. the hardest part initially. Is it? Does it help at all, though? That like you know, you watch Steve, and it's I don't know. I guess there's some where you're just so proud of him that it's yeah, it's yeah, in there it's as well. well. Exactly. Um, that
2: you know, guys like that, I've always enjoyed watching. You know, Tony and I played together, roomed together, Singrani for a little while, and you know, uh-huh. I've I've always enjoyed watching Tony uh, just because he's always been a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of guys down the list I can name Lamar. Um, yeah, you know, plenty of people then you got all the guys at Florida that I played with so that definitely helps um, you know knowing people knowing that they've made it you know being proud of them you kind of get a little sense of pride like hey these are my good friends I'm so happy to them I'm glad they made it so
0: initially yeah.
2: I could see the jealousy there but then once I kind of grew up and got over that six year old mentality
3: <laughs> uh, I started <laughs> enjoying it Yeah. What's been the thing you've missed the most? Is it, is it that? It's the,
2: it's the, you know, I love playing and I love competing. Uh, I've always been that way and it's been my downfall in a lot of things But it helped me with baseball. Uh, But the camaraderie, you know, the, the fraternities, uh, you know, the big group of friends that you just, you, you'll have for the rest of your lives and you're hanging out with 24 seven people from different nations, backgrounds, everything. It's just, you don't really get that or find that anywhere else and that was that was always special to me i've always been a friendly guy i feel like and i've always had a lot of friends and i've always enjoyed that part of baseball is you know kind of enduring the grind with a bunch of guys that are in the exact same position you are and you know just like i said getting to spend time with people from all over the united states and the world for even so it's, it's been it's been unique and it's been an amazing opportunity for me honestly
3: Yeah. What is it? Is there anything you miss
2: or uh, is there anything you
3: don't miss? Bus rides. That's, I feel like that is the most cliche answer.
2: (laughs) The freaking bus rides. And honestly, the, the 5am airplane rides, those are the, those are the tough ones. Those are the things I don't miss. Um, You know, the PB and J's, I can hang with those. I like PBJ's, you know, the bad post game spread, the, you know the the lunch meet the you know the bad uh what do you call it schoolroom lunch meet you know i've I've had my fair share of those anywhere, but the bus rides and the early plane rides, I definitely do have this
1: next on great American Dream. I remember it was like three in the morning uh and Rick Sweet
2: was calling me, which I figured if the manager's calling you, you either got released
1: or you're going up to the big leagues, and I was hoping I didn't get released, so... Uh, it was just one of those things. It was, I was exhausted, but then
2: when you get that call, your, your blood starts pumping. Uh, you call your parents, you
1: call people who um, you're closest to, and, um, and then flying out in the morning on, all my way to Milwaukee. So it was, it was cool. Great American Dream is hosted by me, C. Turnt Rosecrans, produced by Amanda Rossman and Phil Didion, and edited by Amy Wilson. Game coverage of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos is courtesy of 97.1 The Ticket, with play-by-play from Tommy Thrall and Chris Garagiola. You can follow the Blue Wahoos along all season on MILB.com, BlueWahoos.com, and WeAreSportsRadio.com. Follow the Tortugas all season long on their flagship stations, AM 1230 and AM 1490 WSBB, or streamed online through myam1230.com, Daytonatortugas.com, or the TuneIn Radio app. Stay connected to your Cincinnati Reds with the Enquirer and Cincinnati.com, the go-to source for everything Reds. Never miss an update by signing up for a digital subscription that provides complete, real-time coverage of all the games. A terrific mobile app for both your phone and ipad and the news you won't get anywhere else